All right, we're in the 11th section of Proverbs chapter 10, verse 23. Verse 23 says, it is as sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. It's sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. So here's the problem. Some people just love messing with other people. Love messing is your blank. Uh, They're messed up in the head, and so they love messing with other people. And so now remember, we're back to looking at the fool. Remember, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So that's their position. There is no God, so I don't have to be accountable to him. Psalms 14 and 53 there is, no, there is no God. That is a foolish position. Only a fool would say that. Only a fool would take an atheistic position. It takes far more faith to be an atheist than it ever would to be a creationist. All of this something didn't just get here. It's not just here. It's magnificent. It's beautiful. It is in our solar system. All of this massive beautiful is finely tuned in order to ensure that life is possible. And then look at us. We are the most beautiful, sophisticated meat computers on the planet. We're meat robots and we're magnificent. And I'm just, and I mean, I mean, I'm talking about me at 52. And look at you. I mean, it's incredible. You're off the chart. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, you can do this without even thinking about it. You can do this. I didn't even practice that, and I did it. That's amazing what God has given us. There is obviously a maker. Only a fool could look at all of that and say, there is no, there is no God. Are you kidding me? There is an amazing maker. So the fool doesn't consider any of that because, oh, yeah. Uh, he's got another agenda. <laughs> he's got something else that he wants to do, and he doesn't need God looking over his shoulder. So, perpetrating evil on others is fun for the God rejecter. If you like messing with other people, it's because you're foolish at heart. Psalms 94, let's pick it up in verse 3. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things, and workers of iniquity boast themselves? They break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict, thy, and afflict thine heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. God's not watching. God doesn't see. There is no God. Understand ye, brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chastiseth the heathen, shall he not correct? The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So you want to be careful about taking a foolish posture. You know, I, I'm, I, I think about, I remember a few, you know, it's been several years ago, uh, there was a pastor, love him dearly, um, but uh, I think he might have wrestled with some, maybe some insecurity. Um, and it, it took me a while to, to pick up on what was happening uh, he would, in public settings, where it would be difficult for me to punch him in the nose, uh, in public settings, he would just run me down or make fun of me or just give me, you know, it would be good-natured joshing with just a, with a pretty good edge on it. And I would think, what in the, boy, where I come from, I, you know, we would flatten guys' nose for that, you know, <laughs> for talking like that. And it just kind of clicked. Okay, I was a young guy. Uh, I was a young pastor. We had a lot of exciting stuff going on in ministry, and, and, uh, and it hit me 
the insults, right, the jabs, the criticisms was just a cheap way to look good in front of other people. Does that make sense? If you catch yourself running people down to other people, uh, for a lot of us, the reason that we do that is it's a cheap way to vaunt ourselves in front or at the expense of other people. So if I can insult Seth and make him look like an idiot in my warp framework, if he looks like an idiot, that must mean I look pretty, pretty great. You see how that works? Except it doesn't work, it doesn't work that way. All that you've accomplished is you just showed everybody you're a jerk, right? It doesn't actually work that way. Running someone down or doing damage to someone or gossiping about someone, tearing someone up, working mischief in the life of another person like a fool, it doesn't actually produce any benefit for you. It's actually detrimental. Uh, we want to be careful. We're in the Ephesians 4 business of building one another up, right? This is the bride of Christ. We lay down our lives for her. We want to make sure that the body of Christ is edified, that she's built up, and that means every member. Amen? Is this making sense? We want to be careful. And so here's, a, you know, that's the problem, but here's the prayer. We want to treat people in wisdom. What's the beginning of wisdom? It's the fear of the Lord, remember? And I know now the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. How I talk about Brandon to his face should match the way I talk about Brandon behind his back. And it should be edifying. Does that make sense? Uh, and that doesn't mean that we don't, we don't criticize or we don't correct or we don't admonish, or we don't reprove or rebuke. But all of these things are done in love. Hey, bro, here's what's happening, and here's what the Bible says, and here's my concern. Uh, I just I want to make sure we're all moving and growing and going together in the Lord. What's happening? Every member is compacting. Every member is edifying. Every member has a place in seeing the body of Christ benefited. We want, we want wisdom in how we treat people. Can I just tell you something? When God's using you to build up your brothers and sisters in Christ, that is great joy. There's no greater joy than knowing you're doing right before God, right? You're doing right before the Lord with God's people. God has placed us in an Ephesians 4 ministry. And whenever you know you're helping the body to be blessed and you're building up your brothers and sisters in their faith, man, that's what you were made for. That is a source of joy. Now, verses 24 and 25 are tightly connected together. Let's look at verse 24. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. But here's the problem. Calamity can come to all of us. Even righteous Job declared, the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, Job 3.25. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. All of us can face calamity as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but that is transitory for us. Uh, it is not everlasting, okay? See, he, here's the deal. For the wicked, though, hell will have no reprieve. Uh, read Psalms 37 when you're tempted to be envious. Did I say 37? I should have said 73 because that's what's in your notes. Read Psalm 73 if you're a little tempted to be envious at the wicked, uh, if you're tempted to just slip and just fall after them, no, don't do that. Because the, 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 the wicked, absent repentance, there is no reprieve in hell. The wrath of God is declared against the unrighteous, Romans 1, 
18 through 20. So here's our prayer. We need to recognize that the desire of the righteous shall be granted. And if you are wise, okay, if you are wise, the Lord, you will make the Lord your desire. So here's our prayer point. For us to see our need, right, for our desire to be Godward. Godward is your next blank. Because for the righteous, God is our portion forever. He is our everlasting benefit, our everlasting promise, our everlasting blessing. Psalm 16, 5, the Lord is my portion, right? The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. 73, 26, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. Watch this now. And my portion forever. Can I tell you the one thing? If you've got God, you've got him forever. And that's the one thing you will never lose. People say, I want to go to heaven, but they don't want God. They want a place of rest and rejoicing and blessing and benefit, but they don't want the benefactor? That's crazy. Heaven is Jesus. Uh, the, the, the real estate is just the side derivative benefit. 119.57, thou art my portion, O Lord. I've said I would keep thy words. 142.5, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. So the fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him. Verse 25 says, as the whirlwind passeth, so the wicked is no more. Can you imagine being in a place where you cease? And yet that is the promise to the unrepentant wicked. The wicked is no more. Now, we're born in rebellion against God. Job 14, 1 says, man is born, that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Uh, he tends, he trends toward mischief. Proverbs 1.27 talks about the destruction of the wicked. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Have you ever been in a tornado? Have you ever been in a hurricane? Have you ever been in an actual whirlwind? Uh, how many have actually been through like the tornado came through your home, right down your street. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the closest I've come was one went right next to us, right by us. And uh, the sound of that thing was, uh, it was surreal. Just the raw power of the world. And you realize uh, it can squash you like a bug and not even know it. Uh, a, a real windstorm is a, it's, it's a terrifying thing. I would have been seven, eight years old. Uh, we always, seatbelt, meatbelt, we all ran, rode around the back of a pickup truck, an open pickup truck. That's how we, that's how we rolled. Um, we, <laughs> we slid out one time. We're in the back of the pickup truck, and my dad's trying to beat traffic, and, and the wood that we were setting on the back of the truck slid right out on, I think it was Highway 37, and uh, there was kids running everywhere. I mean, it was like squirrels in the road, you know. Uh, and this time, though, uh, we're set and waiting. We're going to go to town or something. My mom and my Aunt Jean are in the, the front of the truck. And me, my sister, and my little brother are sitting on the toolbox. Uh, you've seen these toolboxes that, that uh, workmen will make that will set in the back of their pickup truck behind the cab. That was a great place to set and ride around on. So we're sitting, waiting, and all of a sudden, it gets real quiet. I mean, really quiet. 
and then all of a sudden the wind picks up, and then all of a sudden it's roaring. And I, this is one of those memories, you know. <laughs> I remember me and my brother and sister are hanging on to the, 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 the front of the toolbox by the cab of the truck, the front of the t- truck, and the wind is just beating on us, right? And I look over at my little brother, and his legs are flopping in the wind, <laughs> and we're hanging on for dear life. And my mom and my aunt get out of the cab, and they're just grabbing kids and stuffing us in the cab of the truck. And I was terrified. I realized in that moment, I never knew what wind was until that day, and that could have destroyed me in a second, in a heartbeat. Destruction could come in a moment. As the whirlwind passeth, so the wicked are no more. We lost the roof of our home that day. It was just gone, just stripped it right off, scattered it hundreds of yards through the woods. The wicked are no more. Let his prosperity be cut off. And in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Okay. As the whirlwind passeth, so the wicked is no more. Man, have you ever read about the rich man and the beggar? The rich man, he has everything that he needs, everything he could want. He dies. The beggar, who just wanted the crumbs for the rich man's table, rich man's table, he dies. Oh, oh, by the way, what was the beggar's name? I heard the murmur. How many think it was Lazarus? Raise your hand. How many think it was something else? Pastor Best, you can concur. It's Lazarus. The beggar's name's Lazarus. It's weird. Most of the kids in Kidtown can tell you the name of that beggar. They can tell you. How many know the name of the rich man? Already by Jesus' day, it doesn't even rate a mention. You do not know his name. Why? The wicked is no more. Their name, let their name be blotted out. That's how it works. But the righteous... But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. Verse 24, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Proverbs 3, 2 says, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add unto thee. So you and I have a decision to make. Are we going to be wise? Galatians 6, 7 says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You sow the wind, you'll reap the whirlwind. Hosea 8, 7. Now, ultimately, this becomes very clear with the unfolding of the millennial reign of Christ. The Antichrist, the armies of the Antichrist will be literally blotted out. So there is a, there is a, a, a tribulation, millennial context to this. But tactically, practically, the position that you and I need to take as believers in, Lord Jesus, in the Lord Jesus Christ is one of humility, one of dependence. If God is my portion, right? If God is the reward of the believer, why wouldn't that be all we would ever pursue in this life? Verse 26, let's look at the sluggard. Uh, this, is, uh, this is kind of a, a, a wild verse, verse 26. 
Um, if you, you know, maybe uh, dental work isn't super common. You don't have your twice a year dentist visit uh, at the time of Solomon's reign, King Solomon's reign. Uh, a lot of people in the kingdom maybe have a, a little cavity here or there. Some people got a tooth that's getting ready to go. There's no crown coming. There's nothing. Okay. And now you, got, you, get, you get your shot of vinegar. Maybe, let me frame it this way. You know that sound of nails on the chalkboard? And you know what that does to your teeth? For me, it's like the thought of chewing on um, uh, wool. Like if you had a wool, uh, like an actual wool sweater or wool, wool, bra- uh, wool blanket, get that thing back on your molars. And then grind it. You know what I'm talking And it just. Okay. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes. What are we talking about? Ultimate irritation, right? It's just ultimate irritation. So is the sluggard to them that send him. You need help, and the sluggard shows up for work. So here's the problem the sluggard is aggravating. And when he shows up, man, I mean, we already kind of looked at this guy in Proverbs chapter 6. You can review that in verses 1 through 11. But when the sluggard shows up to work, the people that need the help are thinking, oh my goodness, not this guy again. And notice that the sluggard brings tears to the people that need help. As smoke to the eyes, it makes the eyes white. It's just so, have you ever had somebody, you needed their help, but they were so aggravating, they were so much of a detriment to what you were trying to do, you just wanted to sit down and cry. Okay, what about us? What about our place in God's work? When God looks at us, do we set his teeth on edge? Are we smoke, like smoke in his eyes? Is he aggravated at our approach to his mission let me give you a little homework. Read Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, and you got some people that are working, and then they get upset about the workers that just work for the last hour getting paid the same penny. And so just reflect on that. Are we sluggardly in our approach to the Great Commission, or are we willing workers? And so that's our prayer request tonight, that we'd be willing workers in the Lord's harvest, that we'd be hard workers in the Lord's harvest. I don't want to aggravate the Lord with my excuses. Can I just tell you, it's just so lame whenever you're supposed to be working and you've got a hundred excuses for why you can't do the job that you're getting paid to do. Uh, I, I never enjoyed a workout partner in the gym that had excuses for why they couldn't show up, for why they couldn't do the exercise, why they could It's just, man, I need some help. This, this, this body isn't going to keep itself in, I need some accountability. And all I'm getting out of you, bro, is excuses. It's just aggravating. Are we willing workers in the Are we hard workers in the harvest? Verse 27. Let's look at the righteous versus the wicked. Verses 27 through 33. So the fear of the Lord, watch this now, it prolongeth days. But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Okay, so that's amazing. Uh, again, just here's a good illustration from Scripture. Seth's line, Okay. You guys remember Adam and Eve had a baby. His name was Cain. Murders his little brother Abel. Uh, Adam and Eve get together again, and Seth is the one that uh, Eve says is taking Abel's place. And then you see their children. And Seth's line, right, these people who are calling on the Lord, their ages are meticulously recorded. And do they live short lives or long lives? I mean, they're all long lives. Almost all of them are in the 900s. I mean, the guy whose life is cut short is over 700 years old, okay? 
their ages are meticulously recorded. Uh, that's Seth's line. Cain's line. What does the Bible say about their ages? Does anybody remember the, the ages of Cain's line? No, because they're not recorded. Uh, that, that, those, the, the illustration there is it's shortened. It's cut short. What's very interesting is, you know, Adam's 390 years, Seth 912, uh, Enos 905 years old, Canaan 910, um, Haliel 895, Jared, who is Enoch's father, lives 962 years, and then Enoch's son, who is the oldest man to have ever lived in terms of the records in Scripture, 969 Okay, and then Enoch, right, the son of Jared and the father of Methuselah, uh, he was raptured. He never even died. You want to talk about, I mean, people talk about the old, who was the oldest man to have ever lived, and everybody answers Methuselah. And if you want to be irritating, you can be like, eh. Enoch, because he never died. The Lord took him. He's raptured out. So that is interesting. You notice who lives the longest, and then you say why. Well, it's because it's the immediate family of Enoch. Here's a man with a, with a godly walk, right? He's got, a, he's got a legit walk with the Lord, and surprise, surprise, his father and his son are the longest lived in the entire record of Scripture. Um, you can see reports like this. I mean, there's hundreds, hundreds of records uh, but uh, in 2016, there was a study done. They found that women who went to religious services more than once a week had a 33% lower chance than their secular peers of dying during the 16-year follow-up period. I mean, that's amazing. Their, their life, uh, their expectancy for life increased by 33%. Uh, they did another study that said service attendance, religious service attendance, was linked to reductions in the body's stress response and even in mortality, so much so that worshipers were 55% less likely to die during the 18-year follow-up period. So over the next 18 years, if you want to increase your chances of living by 55%, you're going to cut the excuses. You're going to be in service on Sunday morning and Tuesday night. Can I get an amen? amen. Turn to your brother or sister. Turn to the person sitting next to you and say, I want to live. <laughs> so plan on being here on Sunday. Here's another study. This was, from, uh, this was reported in Newsweek. They said religious people live an average of four years longer than their secular peers. Well, why is that? Well, Job 28, 28 told you why. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. See, the fear of the Lord prolongeth days, the years of the wicked are shortened. How, how, well, how does that work? Okay, well, look at verses 28 through 30. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The righteous shall never be tormented, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. Why is it that fear of the Lord promotes or tends toward longevity 
and rebellion against God tends toward a shortening of your lifespan. Well, here's a cross-reference for you. Psalms 37 verse 9 says, evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth for yet a little while, and the, a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in abundance of peace. So when you look at verses 28 through 30, if you'll notice, you could underline hope, righteous, and gladness in verse 28, way, strength, and upright in verse 29, righteous and not moved in verse 30. What are you seeing? For the righteous, God is their hope. He's their way, right? He is their way, their truth, and their life. He is their surety. I'll give you some cross-references for that. But for the wicked, right? In verse 28, you underline expectation, wicked, perish. In verse 29, destruction, workers of iniquity. And in verse 30, wicked shall not inhabit. See, for the wicked, their hopes, their expectation, their future, they're destroyed with them. So get this down in your notes. Graves are full of people that are there over foolish or wicked choices. Graves are full of people that are there over foolish or wicked choices. If you decide you're so important, you have to drive 115, 120 miles an hour everywhere, guess how you're going to die? I can pretty much bet I know how you're going to die, and unfortunately, there may be somebody dying with you. If you rightfully have landed a role on... ah. The Tiger King, that's, that's the name of it, because you raise tigers. I know how you're going to die, <laughs> right? <laughs> that guy that was doing the documentary on the grizzly bears, uh, everybody's in awe and wonder. I had little tykes at that point, I think, and uh, I forget which one I was talking to. It was like, I know how that guy's going to die. Sure enough, I'm a prophet. <laughs> Foolish. Right? There are just some things that you need. If you're in the habit of wearing squirrel suits all the time and jumping off of mountain faces and you like weaving through trees and rocks, guess what? I know how you're going to die because that just, I mean, you're not that good. <laughs> you're just not that good. Uh, there are things. If you, if you are, if you're, if, if, if you're dating a drug dealer and you're helping him run drugs, Statistically, the odds of you getting shot, and that's how you're di- that, I, I know how you're going to die. Graves are full of people who are there over foolish or wicked choices. Remember, the fear of the Lord is to depart from what? From evil. Uh, not just stupid, evil. That's evil. That's not God-honoring. Proverbs 16, 6 says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. This is not a way that I'm going to live, so I'm not going to run with drug dealers. My chances of being shot in gang violence go down to almost zero because I'm not running. I'm not running with a gang. I'm not running with a drug empire. Let's talk about speech, and uh, we'll, we'll wrap up and pray. Let's look at the speech of each, the wicked versus the just. Verse 31, the mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. 
So you can tell a person whether or not they're just or wicked by how they talk, by what comes out of their mouth. Talk is your last blank. Jesus said as much in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? There's no good in you, so how's good going to come out of you? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now, the just, because they're walking rightly with God, well, then that right walk with God is going to come out. The just just speak truth, right? It's not even so much the way they talk. It's what they say. They speak truth. The mouth of the just bringeth forth. They don't talk. It doesn't say they talk in such a wise or very impressive way. No, they speak wisdom. They speak truth. And the wicked speak in a froward way, in a crooked or twisted way. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 9 says, Moreover, because the preacher was wise, he taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. Watch this now, verse 10. The preacher sought to find out what? Acceptable words. And that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. Oh, brothers and sisters, if we're going to speak the words of truth, we have to know the words of truth. Amen? Isn't that the cry of our hearts? We need to pray for God's blessing on our lives, that His truth might come out of our lives. So when we're praying for God's blessing, that means we're making decisions, right? The fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. I'm not going to go away that's evil. I want to go away that's good. So I'm not going to go with the world. I'm going to go with God. I need God's blessing on my life because I need His wisdom. I need His truth to come out of my life. I don't want to be twisted. I don't want to be perverse in the way that I communicate. That means i got to know the Word of God. If I'm going to have God's blessing, how do I get it? Psalms 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Perversion doesn't come out of his life because he doesn't hang with the perverse nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his Lord doth he meditate day and night. This cat gets on the path to growth, and he started in COD in the new members class, and now he's, he's graduating discipleship one, and he started D2 with us this fall. He's sitting, right, with those who delight in the law of the Lord. He's standing with those that are following hard after God. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His life is blessed. The life, the word, the person of God, that's what's coming out of him. No wonder he's fruitful. His leaf also shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The godly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. There's that whirlwind again, and they're not. They're removed, they're blotted. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Uh, and, that goes, and that covers everything from just being foolish. You know, you get one life. Eric was handing at this. You can't buy more time. How are you stewarding that? Another illustration for you. Uh, who's the cat that was raising the lions? That was in the news here like three or four, three or four months ago. So guys raising lions, his lion pets. One of them got rough with him, and that's, I mean, I could have told you that's how he's going to die. If you've got a 20-foot-long boa anything, guess what? <laughs> I know how you're going to go. Okay, so 
Uh, be it, uh, everything from stewardship to just outright, God's not watching, so I'm going to perpetrate on some people because I think that's going to be fun. It's, it's, man, that's wicked. And that way we'll perish. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. You know, every time I sin, it's when I forget that. Isn't that the way it works for you? I forget God is with me, that God is watching. He sees everything. It's when I forget, that's when the flesh gets its way. Oh, we need to be wise. Amen? Can I just pray for you? I'm going to pray God's blessing for you. There's our, there's our homework for prayer. Um, but I'm going to pray for you before we dismiss. Lord, uh, you gave us these precepts in Proverbs. And so, Lord, this morning, uh, this evening, I am praying for my brothers and sisters that, Lord, we would be full of your word and therefore be full of your wisdom and that our prayer would follow the desire of our heart, that, Lord, our desire would be you and so that, Lord, we would attend carefully on your word. Lord, help us to be willing workers in your harvest. Lord, we want to be a people who don't set your teeth on edge, that aren't an irritant in your sight. Uh, Lord, we want you to be full of gratitude over how the work that you're performing in us is performing through us. Lord, help us to be willing workers. And then, God, uh, help us to humble ourselves and to fear you. Lord, as much time as you give it, we want it to fall out to your glory. And so, so help us to be first and foremost good stewards, uh, to, to recognize that you've entrusted the lives that we're to live, we're to live them for your glory, but you've entrusted them to us. We have to make those decisions so that our lives fall out to your glory. Lord, help us in fear to follow hard after you. And then, God, be with our, be with our speech. Lord, we want to be a people that are so full of your word that that just keeps coming out, that that's what comes out of us. What's in us will come out of us. And, and so, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that we would all continue to stay accountable in growing in your word. Lord, that we'd be accountable to know it, to grow in knowing it. I, I pray against a spirit of pride, uh, especially for that older saint that thinks that they've kind of got the, your word down and they've arrived on some level and they don't really have to study to show themselves approved before you anymore. God, I pray that, that, that we would, uh, that we would um, fight against that, that, that spirit of complacency that's really born out of pride, that somehow we know enough. Lord, help us to be wise and recognize that today we need to know you more. We need to grow in knowing you more today uh, than, we knew, uh, than we knew about you yesterday. Uh, Lord, be with our speech. We don't want to be perverse in the way that we speak. And so, Lord, help us to be forthright in our speech with one another and also before you. Be glorified in my brothers and sisters, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, this week, as we live and move and have our being in you, uh, Lord, I pray that, that Proverbs 10, uh, that, Lord, you'd keep these principles on our heart, that we'd grow in wisdom because we're knowing and we're praying and we're trusting you for the reality of your word in our life. And I ask this for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.